0: my thoughts yeah There's like one other thing I also wanted to cover too uh, oh it it's like as you was like telling me like you know what I'm saying like your background and like academically or artistically and all of that stuff you know and as far as school with the, the medieval studies and the sociology and economics and all of that I'm like I wouldn't like it makes sense you know what I'm saying uh, that you have an interest in like what you described before is like social experimentation with your events. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as make, bringing people from different crowds and different art mediums and all, and all that. And I think that shit was very uh, effective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, brought in my world a lot. You know, and a lot of people that I brought through, a lot of people that, a lot of people that you brought, you know, brought through. And the, the many connections that were made that otherwise would have never happened. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, if, if not your event, Probably a co- event that was a collaboration between people that met at one of your events. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it was funny one time because like I, I have like a younger brother, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, um, so he never been out here before. <laughs> you know, because you know we from Harlem and stuff, right? So. I'm like yo, bro. I want you to come meet my dudes. Like I see him like a mentally mad, smart. You know, what I'm saying we do all kinds of shit together. All oh, this shit's cool. You know, whatever. I, you should come through, yo. You know what I mean? We, you know, whatever. Whatever we end up doing, we could do. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I finally. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, right, come. You know. <laughs> so we came through, and I think it was after we recorded a song, me and you, Tycoon. I think it was Don't Stop the Show. Okay. Uh, I think you, we were playing that back for the first time, okay. and then he came through. <laughs> so. So I came. I'm with him and a friend. With him and one of his friends, whatever. And then you open the door and I came in like it was good, bro. And like, you know, and I walk in and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I want you to be my bro. You know what I'm saying? I turn around, my brother's not there. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought he followed me in, but he stopped. At when, <laughs> that's when you had the giant dick pic right here <laughs> So I guess, so I guess my bro and his friends sort of <laughs> just stayed in the hallway. Like, yeah, we gonna meet you until I guess. <laughs> so I had to go back out to like get your ass in here, man. <laughs> it was mad funny, like how, like you know, it's just, you know. It, you know, uh, you told me a lot about just pushing certain comfort zones and, you know what I'm saying, and it, it doesn't have to be as stigmatic, as stigmatic as a lot of American culture makes it, you know what I mean? Um, so that's just my analysis of the situation, whatever. Um, uh, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, like, I remember one of the craziest shits I, you know, I've been to or things I I'm was most impressed about uh, was uh, it was the... Uh, the Brooklyn Wildlife Summer Festival. Now, I was impressed by all of them that I've seen, but the one that still fucks my head up uh, was uh, the first one that I've seen for many reasons because it's the first one I saw. It was the uh, first one we did, we did I think, Paperbox, mm-hmm. and you. it was three stages, mm-hmm. about 150 performers.
1: No, not the first one. It was 60. It, was, it wasn't the first one? It was 60 performers. The, 60 performers? Last year, we did over 130 performers over the course of a week.
0: Whew! And, I, and all right, so that's the second one you did. And for and I was impressed by that shit because I remember at one point, there was like three events happening within a five block radius yeah. that you were behind. So yeah. I was like, and then at the end of the night I saw you, you were in a good mood party. I'm like, how the fuck are you not losing dreads right now? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that. Um, but, but I really wanted to, to ask you about the first one you did, because that was the first time I saw you do something like that, that caliber as far as operational or yeah. whatnot. I mean, what was that like?
1: It's, it's the most fun thing that I'm involved with as well as the most strenuous and difficult thing to put together right. that, that we do. Um, the first year really came out of a frustration. And you know, it's weird, like a lot of what motivates creativity or like artistic expression can be like positive and like this internal drive to produce something or create something and put it out into the world and right. let people experience it. And there are a lot of other things that come out of necessity, and I'm probably a necessity based artist. It's not really f- out of frivolity or out of, like, triviality or, like, right. having excess money and just wanting to blow it and not knowing how to blow it until we come up with shit. It's like, right. nah, I want to go <laughs> to a show and have an experience. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. You go to, like, Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. How many female rappers are on the bill? Right, right, What? That's lame. Right. You know, you go to Afropunk <clears throat> Festival. And I, that Afropunk put me on to so many people. So, like, it's not a, a knock at them. It's a reality of the headliners aren't punk anymore, right. you know? And so if you want to go to a show and see rock, rap, burlesque, folk, uh, <clears throat> classical musicians, people that do weird performance art, where can you go and see it? And we couldn't find it. We, uh, we really couldn't. I, I looked, and some of the parties that kind of included elements of it don't have the others. So, like, yeah, there was Rubelard. There was uh, the House of Yes, and they did cool stuff. Um, but they were already entrenched. Like, they had their own right. thing. You know, right, right. like it's not like we could go in there and bring Brooklyn wildlife to the right. lot party. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so we wanted to make uh, a day to celebrate all the indie people, and to do it without sponsorship, do it without outside companies, do it without having to bring in some artist that's not from the community. We brought in Buckshot, and, and Homie at the time was living like three blocks away from me, like nice. it's home at the corner store. You know, like <laughs> I had met him through photographic hip-hop events so by the time i'm walking to the corner store at two in the morning one time i'm about to go in and he stops me and he's like yo you're the photo guy <laughs> and i'm like all right smash 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 hook smash buckshot knows who the fuck i am i listen to this motherfucker's record every day driving to school with my man chris blackman in like 11th <laughs> grade shit all right <laughs> so i'm like yeah i live up the street he's like yeah i live up the street you know, blah, 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 And we start building. And so when the festival came up, and it was like, who are we going to bring in as a headliner? He's from Brooklyn. Right. You know, he is a person that legitimately has traveled the world making music and art. Yeah. Uh, and we called in everyone we knew. You know, basically, I made a list of every artist I had done a show with in the previous year and sent them all emails. Like, will you, will you get on for this? And after about 15 or 20 of them did, We said we were going to throw a festival, and then we found the other 30 or 40, (laughs) we found the venue. um, you know, it was a huge process, and we had no idea how to do it, how to organize it, how to manage it, how to do the outreach, how to do the promotion, marketing, the scheduling, anything, Mm. you know, stage management, nothing, but we made it work, man, and it was a, a whole team of people, you know, like, Tony came up from Atlanta, um, My homegirl Jen came down from Boston and helped manage. uh, I mean, there were a lot of extra hands who did it for free or for way less than you would normally get paid to do it. Right, right. Um, And it was a crazy 12 hour, over 60 performer event, you know, three stages simultaneously two indoor, one outdoor. Like, it was nuts. Opened up with crazy dance routines. There was, you know, Angela from uh, Australia. Had like balloons attached to her and did this performance. I mean, it was nuts. It was, it was totally fantastic. You
0: had freaking spirit healers, energy healers. Yeah. You had yoga people. You had vendors of all types. Yeah. So, it was like crazy. Son. And
1: that was the idea. It's the whole community that's artistic and independent. Like not just the the musicians, but like visual artists, the painters, the muralists, the dancers, the. People who own their own business and do acupuncture and do, right. you know, massage therapy. Like, come out and, like, bring your brochure, set up a little table. Um, sound healers. Like, uh, you know, we, we made it a whole day of various activities that kind of went in, in a nice transition into right. high energy. Right, right, you know? right. So, right. by the end of the night, well, we had Meridian. By the end of the night, we had uh, John
0: Robinson.
1: You know, like, yeah. the, these acts... Killed, smashed, right, right. You
0: know. It didn't even feel redundant because I could tell, like, just the progression of the type of acts that were going on, it, and like the type of vendors and like other people that did things were there. It didn't feel redundant by the end of the night. It was just like oh. it was one long, it was one dope ass day. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not one of
1: those festivals where after two hours you are like, dude, I do not want to <laughs> hear any more electronic music. Like, this shit is so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, got it. You know, Got it. Now we had that. Don't <laughs> right. get me wrong. We right. had like some loud ass bands, you know, like Rebel Matic yeah. performed, they kill. Yeah, you yeah, know. Um it. but again on the same stage there was Buckshot who's like old school hip hop. Not even old school, I mean that's like nineties. Um, so I guess people call it Golden Era or whatever. Um so Golden Era hip hop, punk, but with the rapper as the lead person who doesn't rap anymore, mm. you know, Charlie and Margot. Yeah, that was dope. That they was dope. fucking dope. String instruments, but then like doing contemporary music. And and the variety, you know, with with PB and J or PB and Johnny. Um, and they smash. go by both.
0: PB and J and they go by Peanut Butter and Johnny. Okay. That was crazy uh, too, son. Yeah, everybody. Pardon Johnny me.
1: Voltic. Like it was just the whole day. The whole day was smash. And, and the variety of artists, like literally, it was just fantastic. So when we did the second year, it was just more of it. So we added more days. We brought in more artists we were able to include more performance artists we picked some venues that were a bit more suited to the acoustic folks to pick some venues that were a bit more suited to like just straight metal like right. we did this uh show turn me the fuck up right right you i know, remember that shit going hard i missed it i was tight um and so so this year's festival is coming up and we're planning it i think we're going to do five days out of seven the goal is probably 150 performers throughout the course of that week And it's really about the independent arts and the community out here. Like, we're still going to try to do it with no sponsors. We're still going to try to do it, like, no outside influence. like, really, the folks who live out here, the people that make music out here, and then the people who travel and who can bring their talent from other places and want to come. So, I mean, we'll have people come down from Boston, from uh, probably Rhode Island, come up from Philly, D.C. Maybe, you know, we'll probably have some folks from... Overseas, who will end up in town during that time period, right, right. get them on the bill. So, we, we, we like to keep it fun.
0: It's dope, man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and everything you do, you know what I'm saying? For the, for the art, for the culture, for the community, man. Keep doing your shit.
1: Well, I'll be honest with you, man. Hip hop to me is the quintessential expression of postmodernist art. Mm. And it utilizes an element of bricolage, which is different than a collage where you take like these items and put them in a frame of reference to understand that have a similar background. Mm -hmm. But bricolage is like you take all these things that aren't supposed to have this particular use and you're able to fashion them out of need and necessity. So like making a turntable an instrument and figuring out a way to make beats out of the breaks of other songs is hip-hop. That wasn't supposed to happen. That wasn't taught to people. That wasn't something that fit the standard at the time and people said it would never last and that it was just so uh, like uh, kind of like a flash in the pan type of cultural expression and it's now rooted worldwide right. and it takes from every other culture mm-hmm. that's why it's also so postmodernist rock music isn't rock if it's just a person on classical piano mm. you can't make baroque music that has turntable scratching Because they didn't have turntables during the Baroque time period. Right, right. Hip-hop is the only thing where I can sample Baroque. I can sample rock. I can sample another rap song. I can sample tribal drums. I can sample you talking, making it into a beat and rap, and it's hip-hop. Right, right, right. It's it's the only thing that takes every other form and makes it into itself. Right, right. And so I love it. In order to be a good hip-hop artist, you have to know about classical music. You have to know about Gregorian chanting. You have to know about... East Asian Gamma Line music. You have to know about standard chord progressions in American pop music, jazz, blues, the history of American music. And it's rooted in black culture, and it's rooted in international people who came here and mixed, you know, right. whether it's in Louisiana, whether it's up in Chicago, whether it's, you know, California... It's, I love hip-hop, even though it, it takes these things that may quote-unquote, come from young black and Spanish kids. There were always Jewish people involved. There were always young white people involved. There were always women involved. Like, mm-hmm. Hip-hop has its issues, but in, at the kernel of it, or at the center of it, it's totally accepting in ways that other music forms aren't. You know, And so I, I really feel it's, it's necessary that people continue to take it seriously, continue to value it, continue to look at it as a cultural expression, not mm-hmm. just a consumable product or right. something, you know, that's disposable. Yep. And and use it. Like, if you are a good hip-hop artist, most likely, then you're going to be a good public speaker. Right, if right. you can freestyle and improv, most likely, then you can learn how to adapt and be flexible in a lot of social scenarios. Right, you right, know, right. The confidence it builds in people and the self-understanding. Like, if, when you write all the time or explore yourself in making songs and music, you develop an awareness and understanding of your being that I think a lot of people find healthy and and valuable, Um, let alone the kind of traditional ideas of, like, some people, if they don't make art, they're going to go crazy. So, like, right, right, right. like, help them, like, don't go crazy, dog. <laughs> but, like, make art together and it'll be cool. Um, and that's another part of it, man. Like, we're all out here together. Like, there's a lot of uh, pain, a lot of struggle, a lot of issues that people are facing. And they need to know that there are people here with them. They need to know that they're not the only ones. They need to know that they're a community of people that even if they can't do anything, they're, they're there. They're understanding. They right. can do the little things that when all aggregated that how all helps you know and I think hip hop is a great expression for it and it's obviously like every other industry there are going to be some problems with how the public perceives it versus the people who make it right and there are going to be some problems amongst the people that make it as to what they think the public wants right and right. you know it's weird like An engineer doesn't go walk up to the guy at the corner store and say, hey, how do you think I should build this bridge? (laughs) The engineer says, this is how you build a bridge with structural integrity and that will blah, 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 function this way and last this long. And we know what the fuck we're doing. Right, right. You use the bridge.
0: (laughs) But you don't tell me how to make
1: it. Exactly. (laughs) Rap isn't like that. And, And a lot of rappers are caught up in this whole thing of the... Everyone else gets to tell them what's good about what their product is, whether it's a fan, whether it's the company that owns them, whether it's the marketing people, whether it's your PR. Someone is always telling you what your music is about, what it's like, what you should do differently, what they like about it, if da-da-da-da. And so it has to be very difficult and confusing for young people who are trying to develop a creative identity. And so I want to provide a platform and work with other people that want to provide platforms that allow for that creative expression and allow people to try, like, fuck up. Like, try right. things you've never done before. Right. Make some mistakes. Learn from it. Um, but be sincere. Be authentic. Like, care about it. And have, like, access to people so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, right, right. If I could hang out with a 35-year-old when I was 20 right. and rap rap. Right, right, right. I would have a different perspective. That's serious. You know, I, I didn't really have access to that. If I had a space or a loft where people could shoot videos or there, when I was 22, mm-hmm. you know, things would have been different. Yo, and
0: it's funny because like, that's kind of like the impact you directly had on me. Because I remember when I first started rapping, uh, I was about to put it to the back burner. I was about to quit rap so I can work on my IT career, right? And then I met my boy Mel, Burlington. T. I told you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he came, that's how we really got to know each other. He said, y'all heard some of your early recorders. I'll let me back you financially. You know what I'm saying? Give you the resources, and you can start making rap again. So I'm, you know, and I started really getting into it, connecting yeah. people, and, and then. But then what happened was I became the rapper's rapper. You know what I mean? Uh, and I started kind of just responding to demands of you know of you know my environment, like what ha- what happened to anybody. You know what I mean? And so I got to the point where I was like becoming like in demand. In my you know, and the people that that knew about me, whatever. But I, and and it was cool. All that stuff. Was, everything was moving. But I'm like, I'm not happy anymore. Like, it doesn't feel as good as it felt when I f- first started doing it in the first place. So I'm like, how long can I even sustain this? Or when I reach a certain level of superficial success, will that will that fill a void, you know what I mean? So I, like, I, I had to step out of it, you know what I mean? I had to reconnect with the real with that, you know what I'm saying, and you helped me do that. You know what I'm saying, so shout out to you. I mean, I know you don't like these kinds of things and all of that shit, but I don't give a fuck right now. I'm super hype, man.
1: You, everyone has a different life path. And some people experience a level of success at 18 or 24 that is immeasurable. I mean, it's like unbelievable how much money they may make or the type of life experience they may have traveling, performing 150 shows Mm -hmm. out of 365 days or more. Um, and, you know, I didn't have that experience, you know. I'm not one of those people that got into art young. Right. You know, I was 25 before I decided I'm really, really going to focus on making music. I made music throughout college and, and spent a lot of time doing it. I made music throughout grad school and spent a lot of time doing it. I also spent a lot of time doing grad school. And, right. and we had a TV show while we, I was in grad school. We had a radio show. So it still overlapped, you know. right. right. But... It wasn't until I was 25 where it said, how would you ever make a living doing this? Right, right, I had right. always said I wouldn't have to make a living from art. I'd be able to teach, I'd be in a university, I'd be writing books, and then on the side, I'd be able to do
0: whatever I Write want. books. Yeah, that's what you have to do if you're a professor. That's, that's interesting. I want to talk more about that on the side note.
1: Um, yeah, I got a whole idea about, like, hip-hop is kitsch and all this other stuff. Um, um, yeah, but... i uh, <laughs> <also laughs> a relationship book, a guide to... Uh, staying indie all types of shit but well, anyway all right, yeah um, so we
0: talk about we're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> that's dope.
1: But it's it only it only matters because other people are around. Right. like I could rap to myself in the mirror, but that's not fun. For me what's really been fun is seeing all this live music, seeing all these artists, seeing all these performers and not as a patron. Right. Not getting the, like, here's the same thing we do for everyone because it's our job. Right, right, right. But, like, right. nah, like, the, when we freestyle after after the show.
0: Right, know, right.
1: <laughs> when we throw, like, the tiny, only 40-person parties, but everyone there is an artist and creative. What? You know, and then be able to be involved in shows with 150 people there. My friends finally get seen by more than 12 people where, like, people who I, I work with are so talented and sometimes 20 people, 30 people see them. Yeah, that's a good start. Like, you can... <laughs> do that. But right. after a while it's like, nah, how come they can't be seen by 150 people? How right. come my homegirl who does burlesque can't figure out a way to be performing outside of the traditional burlesque platforms? How come my homies who like are into hip-hop can't do shows with these edm djs that use controllers and who can make live beats like we can all do this it's possible it's it's available to us and so it's been dope to to view it and and to be a part of it and get pushed by the artists and musicians i'm around to be better and to constantly improve my craft and to see like any if anyone were to tell me like yo indie music is dead or isn't existing or no one cares it's like false False. Extremely false. Like, I see it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, we can go through my email. Oh. Or I, can, I can funnel you. You don't believe me? Like, go see IndieFiles.com. Word. Like, they are, like, we are out here, you know? And, and that's totally inspirational. Like, I am happier now doing music in a way that I, I you know, I couldn't have fathomed before. Like, because it's so not your normal thing of, like, oh, are you going to get signed? Are you going to blah, blah, No, I rap. Like, right. I literally rap all the time. Right, now. right, right. I throw the shows. And right. And so like, I, of course I'm going to rap. And so I get to be a fan of rap all the time Word. and rap all the time. Word. That's like the best feeling, son. Then kick it with the homie at two in the afternoon. when <laughs> We want to go to the liquor store. You know, twelve thirty. Yo, you got any booze? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know I don't have a uh, wet bar over here. But, like I really bar. have juice. <laughs> <laughs> like I got bottles on deck. He said bottles on deck. But. um... But no nah, man, it's it's literally I have to say thank you to all the artists who volunteer their time. Word. I say it up front, I can almost never pay anyone Word. to do anything. Um Word, Word. and people continuously volunteer their time, blood, sweat, tears, effort, mm-hmm. passion, and contribute to the community. And and you know, I, there anything I would say would be kinda like kinda trite, but like it's it's real, like it's it's uh it's a mitzvah. I hear that. Well,
0: You know, shout out to the wildlife, man. Yeah, Brooklyn Wildlife. Get it in. You already. Bro, I ain't gonna lie, man.